earth on the seventh month. You will all remember in January, I told you, when the Lord said to me that January to June, the nations will boil. And the Lord said from July to September, three months, there will be convocation. And then the Lord said from October, you will see the hand of mercy. Well, the occurrences that you are hearing that is happening on our today, for those of you who are here and those of you who watch me all over the whole world, will agree with me that they are not new to you. For for a time and a season, the hand of Lucifer must be heavy. By the prophetic calendar of the one who lives forever and ever, that the church of God may enter into his last dispensation, so that the mercy of heaven shall be revealed upon mortal men for the last harvest. And then the Lord, the hope of all generation, will come. And in view of this, God has been preparing us in this house. What the Lord told me to share with you from um, Monday, the topic He gave me to discuss is equipped to reign. Okay? And God said to me that He put that topic in your heart because He wanted, to, he wanted me to emphatically teach God's children across the globe on the fact that you are made in God's image. And we have been looking at God and you. Now, for five minutes or so, we will both exercise our knowledge of the world from the things that the Lord has been teaching us. The first scripture for the conference is Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Yes? What did he say? And God said, that person on the, on the projector, you put it there when I tell you. This time we are talking, we just want to refresh our mind. Take it away from projector. So, Genesis chapter 1, verse 6, 26. And God, yes, yes, in our likeness, and let them, let them rule or have dominion. Uh-huh. Birds of the air, air, land, air, land, and space. That is God's ultimate intention for creating man. Then verse 27 says, So, God, are you looking at me like that? And so God created, uh-huh, Christians must read the Bible. 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 Christians must read the Bible and speak the Bible and know the Bible and understand the Bible. 
I told them just now, a few minutes ago, in our service in New Cross. Every one of you in this church who are law persons, you read law, you are reading law, you will come to my book of examination. Because your, your discipline teaches you to read cases, understand the facts of the cases, then understand principles that is derived from the cases, and understand the dictum, which is the judge such and such said such and such in application to such and such issue. And from that, this statement was made, which has become a principle for everybody to practice. And I said I would do that to you because if you are a Christian, the only thing that God commanded Christians that can make a Christian prosperous is Joshua 1.8. Shall we read it together? All doctors are in trouble. All nurses are in my trouble. All psychologists and oncologists. This book of the law will not depart from mouth. Huh? Then, if it comes out of your mouth, the next thing you shall meditate upon what you have said. Correct? And then be to do and observe. And then you, not God, you will make your way prosperous, not God. <clears throat> you will make your way prosperous, not God. We must be able to distinguish between God's duty and our duty. So therefore, in that Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God's intention for you and I was revealed. God wants to make man in his image, two, in his likeness, and three, that he should rule. That is to be in control in every circumstance, land, air, and sea. Then in verse 27, God's intention was manifest as pluralism. So, in God made man in his image, male and female, he made them. So that the intention of God for you to be his image, to be his likeness, to be his, you know, to, to rule, is not limited, is not subject to gender. Male and female, he created them. Now then, verse 28 says, And God empowered them, blessed them, activated them. God enabled them to be able to activate the grace. So let me say this to you. God's intention for you has not changed. That's one of the things we learn in the week. His intention for you and I is that you are his image. So of course, you look like God. God has nose, you have nose. God has mouth, you have mouth. All what you are, God is. But then the image, the likeness of God is how God operates. And you have it. I have it. Everybody has it. When we discover that when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden in chapter 3, God did not withdraw his intention from them because God does not repent. He left the power with them. He left the rulership with them. He still left the grace with them. 
That's the reason why some Christians are working in sin and they are still operating in gifts. Because, don't be confused about this. Look, you who is a man, anything you do on earth, either uh, godly or ungodly, does it change your gender? No, you are still a man. If you are a woman, you are a woman because it is what God gave you. Okay? For your conduct and misconduct, there are, there are some misconducts on earth that it is settled in the spiritual. If you do this misconduct, this is a consequence. If you do this misconduct, this is a consequence. And there are some misconduct that you have on earth that the, the consequence is eternal after death. Are we together now? But when God gives something, He doesn't take it. You may not activate it if you don't fulfill the rules, but it's still with you. So Adam was still a ruler after he had fallen. The consequence of his sin, Romans 3, 23 tells us, hey, help me. All have sinned, fallen short, so he lost the glory. Okay? And then 6.23 says, Wages of sin is, and the gift of God is, so, because he sinned, he died. But he was still a ruler. Either you believe what I'm saying or not, you are a ruler. Hey, I say you are a ruler. All of you who have given birth, you can't argue that with me. Because you started ruling from your empire. Are you not the one who named your children? Eh? Is that not the first function of Adam as a ruler? To name everything, to exhibit his uh, uh, ability and his position as rule. So we are rulers. But let me say this beyond that, we recognize, having known that God created us in his image, and the Spirit of God is in us, which is the likeness of God, so that everything God can do, we can do. Now, we now began to ask ourselves the question why do some of us suffer unnecessarily? Why does Satan prevail in our home, in our job? The devil mess some people up, even Christians frustrated and crying and weeping and stuff. Why? We recognize that in chapter 1, verse 2 of Genesis, haven't we recognized in, in front of us, let's say, chapter 1, verse 1? We recognize in chapter 1, verse 1, it says that in the beginning, God, isn't it? What is the first thing God did? Created. The first thing God did was? He created. The first thing God did was He created. Now, we understand from Isaiah 45 verse 18 that the Bible says God created this world not to be empty. He created it to be inhabited and handed over by sin. Therefore, I am God. Therefore, God created you should create. The first thing God did was to create God expects you to create. Now, someone says that how the life you live today is because of what you created. Create joy around your life and you will live in an atmosphere of joy. Create failure and you will live in the wonderland of regret. Therefore, Every one of you should check what you have created. I strongly spoke to men this week. Create a good home for yourself. Some people create hell in their home. Create paradise in your own home. Your personal life creates what you want in your life. 
then your family life creates what you want in your family life. Let me say this to you. Brother, what's your name again? Brother Shokwe, I can decide to hate Brother Shokwe. That is what I created. Maybe because Brother Shokwe just did something I don't like. Okay? If I hate Brother Shokwe, you know, before I hate Brother Shokwe, we are happy. When Brother Shokwe sees me, I'm happy. He's happy. The moment I decide to hate Brother Shokwe, what have I done? I have drawn a battle line of sorrow. Because Brasopwe, the moment he recognized that I really hate him, anywhere I see him, the atmosphere that will be created will be of tension. Are we in agreement? <clears throat> if, I'm talking about Brasopwe now as a person. Let's talk about my wife. If I decide to hate my wife, what will happen? My first kingdom, which is my family, my dominion, Anytime I enter, there will be what? Tension. Isn't it? It has nothing to do with the devil. It has something to do with the man God. Who decided to create tension in his house. And what you get thereafter is sorrow, sadness, quarrel, argument. Now, anybody that you decide to hate or not, anywhere you meet that person, Around you, you will just create tension for no reason. Whereas, if I decide to love somebody <clears throat> to the place where the person is convinced that apostle loves me, anytime I meet him, even if I'm down, something will be created around us, which will be joy. That person will become a lifter up of my soul, and I'll become the lifter up of the soul of that person. I will always desire to be with that person. That person, therefore, will speak good of me anyway. And you can, never, you can never tell where somebody who knows you that, you know, you love him and he recognizes that, where he can go and talk about you. And that may be the very key that will take you to destiny. Somebody say amen. amen. And that is the reason why this week we recognize that we're studying God so deeply in everything God is. We found out that the centrifugal power or force of God is love. We recognize that what holds everything together in God is love. Now let me help you understand better. How many of you here, when you give birth to your children, when you decided to give birth to a child, you were thinking of how that child will grow up and it will be, be a blessing to you and he will be paying your rent and he will be giving you money and stuff like that. Any, any parent who had that when you were conceiving your children? Nobody. This is something about you. A man and a woman decide to bring forth a child to the world by their decision. And the woman will conceive from the man. And the man will rejoice. And tell everybody, my wife is pregnant. That is the beginning of you. And I haven't said that about you for months. And the man will begin to prepare. Alright? For this new gift coming to the family. Then the man will add more to his work. The woman will add more to her work. They will struggle and do everything to make sure that we don't want this child to come into a bad habitat. Isn't it? And the father and the mother will do everything in their power to increase their capacity so that they can bring that child into a, the maximum comfort they can ever afford the child. Now, all this that your parents are doing, you have no knowledge of it. 
And suddenly you arrive to the scene of the family and they show you to everybody. This is my child. This is my child. This is my child. They love to show you. Because of that, your mother dresses you so elegantly. As a baby, especially if you are a girl, you know. And girls get the whole good best things, you know. Boys just get some, some good things, yeah. And then, you know, your dad can't wait for you to start working. Because all the time that you are crawling is your mother's business. Now when you start working, your dad now begins to take you by hand. Begin to be both of you and all stuff. And your parents will begin to plan how you should succeed in life. They never expect something back. If they have to die for you to live, they will do so. So, all the life of your parent is thinking about you growing up, becoming success, and then when one of the children becomes wayward. Disobedient to the father. The father hurts. Is that correct? But the father cannot hate the child, though he's messing up. I want to show you something. The father will do everything in his power to get that child to make it. Because the father was saying that I don't want my child to lag behind among his contemporaries. Part of it is beating in our own days. Don't go and quote me in the court of law. One of our parental duties is to protect, isn't it? Part of protection is cold. So, your dad will beat you, your dad will punish you, your dad will do everything good to you and terrible to you. And when you grow older, that you change and you had your dad and became successful. He comes to your dad and says, Dad, I, I just want to appreciate you. In those days when you used to kill me, I thought, you know, you hated me, but I see what it is. And your dad hugs you. Why didn't he hate you for all your misbehavior? Let me say this to you, therefore. How dare you think God is not better than your father? How could you ever think that God demands something from you? No. He formed you in your mother's womb. He preordained what you should be. For you to be what God wants you to be, God breathed into you. So that God is in you. Especially those of you who are born again. God has spoken his blessing. And for his blessing, for the, for the grace to activate, he blessed and empowered you. Each time you get away from God, God is not happy. But you are still his child. He will allow you to suffer so that you can learn. But his arms are always open if you come back. And for those who are with him, obeying him, he spreads his wind over them. That is God for you. If, a, if an earthly father wants his children to become like him, a successful father, and greater than him, so our father in heaven wants children that will represent him exactly like him here. Listen to me. So, 
whatever way you have been looking at yourself, change your perception this week. God went to a young man called Gideon. God needed someone to save the nation. He went to the weakest of the people in the nation. Your strength has nothing to do. That is your current strength. It has nothing to do with the destiny God has given you. When you look at yourself today, you look at yourself by your failures that you have created around yourself. You look at yourself by the misery you have created around yourself or probably the little success you have been able to generate. But before God, you are more than that. God is not looking at you as you now looking at yourself. Who can tell me a child that will rule the country? Except by prophetic. He may be born in the ghetto. But when the time, the fullness of time comes, he will discover that he's taking steps along his life that will be brought together to validate him to rule. God is the one who orchestrates the steps of man. I will together now. Listen to me. God is in you. So when he went to this young man who is the weakest, he said, I want someone to deliver the people. All the martial men, they are not qualified. He went to a very slim, lifeless man. A man who, when he hears the knock of the door, he runs to hide himself because he thought the Moabites are coming. And God said, go in this strength of yours and deliver Israel. And he said, God, you made a mistake. This is Gideon. I'm a useless man. If you want people, there are many who fight the war and battle. He said, God, you see, I am the least in my family. My family is the least in my clan. And my clan is the least in the country. And moreover, my father is the witch doctor. Everybody wants to serve Satan and come to my house. Really, he has all the idols in his house. And he said, you made a mistake, God. And God did not reply him, but God repeated his original intention. Go in this strength of yours, and mine not sending. He did not recognize that God was speaking until God disappeared before his eyes. Ha! Ah, I have seen God. Now, what has that to do with you? We are going into July. Don't forget about all what has happened in your past. Forget about them. Your present now is that God is saying that there is something in you, there is a God in you that God wants to activate in the month of July 2015. Somebody say amen. I stop looking at myself the way I look at myself. I start to see myself as a ruler. Listen to me. Now, the second thing we saw about God that is interesting is that in verse 2 of Genesis 1, there was chaos. Things didn't work as God planned it. Because God planned the world to, to be inhabited. And the Bible says now the earth was void and chaotic and darkness was over the deep. Now do you know something therefore? God was not, he wasn't amazed, he wasn't frustrated. He was still in control. And I told you, why do you panic when things are not going your own way? Your God did not panic. The Bible said the Spirit of God is hovering. The Spirit of God is hovering over the waters. 
All right then. Now listen. Why do you panic when things don't go your way? You shouldn't do that anymore. You panic because you look at yourself as yourself alone. Now recognize. What is in your body anywhere you go is there. Jesus says, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. If you open, I will enter. Me and my father will live inside me. So, in the midst of your chaos, God is there. In the midst of the tension that is facing your life, God is there. In the midst of the problem facing your family, God is there. The Spirit of God is hovering over the darkness. But then in verse 3, God did something that many of you haven't done. The Bible says, and God said. God spoke. Let there be light. And the Bible said, and there was light because every time the Spirit of God hovers, the Spirit of God does not have a bedrock to act except the word is spoken. You will change your tomorrow today through your lips. Listen to me, therefore. Saints of God, because you know that God is inside you, anywhere you go, He's there. That's why you must not carry your body to where God doesn't want you to go. Anything you carry your body to do, God is the one you are doing it to. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 18, it says, No, you know that your body is the temple of God. Now, if your body is the temple of God, okay, then if you carry that body to a place where God does not like to go, you are forcing God into a place he doesn't want to go. But therefore, the Bible tells you in Romans chapter 12, 1, presenting your body, Come on, let's say it together. Put it on the board for us. Let everybody read it. That body you carry, you borrowed it. Those of you who have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God has entered into it, which is your tent. Don't take him anymore to where he doesn't like. Are we together now? I'm picking up something in my spirit. I will deal with it in a minute. The body of man is not meant for, for sickness, especially the brain. You know that thing they call, where is Dr. Jigini? That thing they call cysts, eh? In the brain? That causes people to have, sometimes their, their, their eyes are going blind. Or they feel dizzy, 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 dizzy. It shall be no more. Jesus says, You are not he that can kill. The flesh. But if you are here that can kill the flesh and cast the spirit to hell. By the power of he who can kill the flesh and cast the spirit to hell, I cast that evil spirit to hell. And I kill that sickness in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
I command the dizziness to cease. I command every cyst in the brain to vanish. Alright. So God spoke authority. Let there be and there was. 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 Now the problem with many of us is that we do not speak to our situations. You carry your situation to another man to speak into it. He's a wrong order. Ye are sons of God. Sons of the Most High. That's what the Bible says. Don't you know ye are gods? Ye are sons of the Most High God. God wants you in this house. And those of you who listen to me, who claim that you know Jesus Christ, begin to speak. Beginning from your life to your body, speak to it every day. What the Word of God says, that must come out of your mouth to your body. You must command your body and speak to your body until your body obeys what you are saying. Speak to your emotions until your emotion changes and become a godly emotion. Speak to your weaknesses until your weaknesses become strength. Speak to your failures until your failure become success. Do you know something? If a man begins to speak that I'm a success every day, I'm a success, I'm not a failure. What will happen to him is that his behavior will first change. If he was a lazy man, he will soon change from laziness because he will recognize that if a, a successful man cannot be lazy. If your brain is having problems to assimilate, and you begin to say the memory of the righteous is blessed, the memory of the righteous is blessed, what do you do? You have been reading, you have been having problems. Okay, maybe it's in the day you read. The memory of righteousness is blessed. Read in the day you cannot understand. Read in the morning. Read in the midnight. One of those three you will understand. And the de- very hour you recognize that your brain is very active, continue to dedicate yourself to reading that time. Your word today will create your tomorrow. So God wants you to begin to speak the word. Put gifts aside now. You know, faith can operate every gift. You need to know that. Some may have a gift of healing, but somebody who doesn't have the gift of healing by faith, he can get people healed. Some may have the gift of vision. Somebody who doesn't have the gift of vision, if he has solid faith in God, he can enter the realm of the Spirit and see visions. Faith opens the door of every gift. Faith is total confidence in God. Faith is speaking contrary to the physical. Something is happening in your physical, as long as that thing happening in your physical is not in line with the word of God. Change it! I speak into it. So we saw in God that God spoke all the time. I will speak over your life again. Today. Whatever is happening in your life that is not in line with God, today their chapter shall be closed. Let me tell you one more thing before we go into prophetic declaration. Anything that cannot happen to God, you must not accept it for the act of God. I repeat myself. Anything that cannot happen to God... You cannot accept it for the act of God. If it happens to you, 
Don't say that God brought it. God didn't bring it. Because, like father, like son, what does not happen to God must not happen to you. And if you look at the word of God too, God did not give you any portion that he himself has not tasted. Therefore, you must have it in your mind from this hour that anything that does not happen to God must not happen to you. Anything that cannot overcome God cannot overcome you. Okay? So let me dive into a little bit. Can a Christian be cursed? No. What about if a Christian is cursed? Deuteronomy 23 verse 5 applies. I think it's Deuteronomy 23 verse 5. Let's see it really. Shall we read it together? Hey, 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 stop, 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 stop. However, the Lord will. Is this men's convention? How many people are from general headquarters? Wave your hands to me, general headquarters. I can't hear you scream out. What about international? Uh, if we have to vote in this house today, I think majority carries the vote. Listen to me. If a person curses you, what did he use to curse, pronounce the curse? Mouth. What did the Bible say about the mouth of man? Worms will eat it. There was a man, very powerful in authority. A king called him and said, The success of God's people is too much, and they are coming towards my direction. If I don't stop them, they will destroy us. Okay? Because of the success of God upon the life of his children, somebody was envious. And he called this man, called Balaam, Come and put a curse over them. And he said, Peradventure I will be able to overpower them. Verse 22 of, of uh, uh, Numbers. But when that man decided to curse Israel, the Bible says in this Deuteronomy, However, the Lord your God will not listen to Balaam. Balaam stands for any human being that can pronounce a curse or not. And he says, But God, God will not listen to, the, to, to Balaam, but turn the curse into a blessing for you. Because what? God loves me. Because what? God loves me. Because what? Say after me, nobody can curse me. Every curse pronounced against me is another blessing for me. If you are loved by God, and I've told you, for you to be loved by God, you need to be a child of God. Because your father loves you, whatever you are, whatever you become. So if you are a child of God, it is impossible for the Bible over you to be revoked. God cannot listen to anyone who curses you. So, if somebody wishes you evil, you don't need to say, over my dead body. You better don't die. <laughs> it's over your living body. Hallelujah, somebody. It cannot happen. It cannot happen. If it happens to you, then you are out of the love of God. You are no more a child of God. But if you are a child of God, let somebody pronounce any cause. Let every useless devil put their heads together 
and pronounce a curse upon you. You don't need to pray over it. You don't need to break it. It is not breakable. Man said it. Worms eat their mouth. If worms eat the mouth of the man who said it, then what he said cannot be sensible. For God will turn every curse to blessing for those whom he loves. Look at, even that man, if he decides to curse you. Let's look at Deuteronomy 23, I suppose, verse 8. Give me verse 8 and let's see it there from Deuteronomy. Shall we read it together? Deuteronomy, no, no, Numbers 23, 8. Numbers. Look at that. Shall we read it together? What did he say? So if you believe that you are under a curse, you lie to yourself deliberately. God cannot be cursed. Someone says to you that, your generation are cursed, your father is cursed. Are you your father? Excuse me. If your father is a criminal, does that criminalize you? This is the statute of God. Many people don't understand this. They run out and looking for solutions that is just with them. Because of lack of knowledge. My Bible says, when the man was employed to curse Israel, the man got to where he would curse Israel. Look at verse 5 of that scripture. Let me read it. Okay, you see, let me read from verse 1. I want to follow this attentively. What I'm saying to you is that anything that cannot happen to God, don't accept it. If you accept it, you have created something terrible for yourself. Balaam said, build me seven altars here and prepare seven bulls and seven rounds for me. The next verse, please. Balaam did as Balaam said. And the two of them offered a bull and a ram on each altar. That is because they want to curse Israel. They were offering bull and ram sacrifice. The bull they used for barbecue. They are now sacrificing it to a devil somewhere. And you know something? I'll say a word now. Look at the next verse. Then Balaam. Balaam is the one who is the curse. Who is the one who wants to curse people. Said to Balak. Balak is the king who paid this witch doctor to curse. Stay here. Balaam, the, 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 the priest of devil said. Beside your offering. While I go aside. Perhaps the what? So every weak doctor must answer to God. Every demon must answer to God. The Lord will come to meet me, with me. Whatever he reveals to me, I will tell. Then he went off to a barren height. What he did in barren height? Listen now, the next verse. God met with him. God will meet with your enemies. He says, and Balaam said, I have prepared seven altars. On each altar, I have offered a bull and a ram. Shall we read what God said? The Bible says, the Lord put a message in the mouth. The Lord will put a message in the mouth of your enemy. The man who intends to curse you, 
God will change the tape of his mouth. Alright? This scripture tells me, this is a principle for everybody. So he went back to him and found him standing beside the offering. With all his princes of Moab. Look at verse 7. Then Balaam uttered his oracle. Oracle is irrevocable pronunciation. And he says, Balak brought me to Haram. Wherever you see Balak, that is your enemy. Alright? The king of Moab, devil, from the eastern mountains, come, he said, curse Alfred. For me, come denounce Williams. Can you find your name there too? Then listen to what the man who should curse you said. Shall we read together? How can I curse those whom God had not cursed? How can I denounce those whom God had not denounced? That is a dictum. It is a decree. A fact that is not revocable. What that statement tells me is that it is not possible to curse anyone that God has not cursed. Neither is it possible to denounce anyone God has not denounced. It is totally absolute nonsense. It is a peculiar nonsense. Let me say something to you. If you are told that you are cursed, tell the person who opened his mouth to say that, that you are a liar. You are a liar. Not born liar. Liars are not born. Liars are made. <laughs> God don't give birth to bad things. Hallelujah, somebody. You tell that person, you are a professional liar. He says that thus said the Lord, thus said the Lord, that your curses are hanging around you. Say to him that thus said the Lord, thus said the Lord, you are a false prophet. Ah, what did you do for them? What did you do for them? Ah, your father, your ancestors, and all stuff. There are curses that have been haunting your family. Tell him that thus said the Lord, thus said the Lord, thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not lie in the name of the Lord. You are a liar prophet. And you tell him that that shall be for the prophets. That prophecy that came out of your mouth shall be for thou. With your mouth you have declared your own destiny. For me, the Bible says, So shall the generation be blessed that fear the Lord. Don't you read the other in Psalm 24? We are a generation of those who fear the Lord. There is no curse in us. There is no curse in my God for you. God changed the tape of the mouth. And he says, how can I? It is impossible. Even if I want to curse those whom God has not cursed, I cannot do it, says the devil. Even if I choose to hate them, I cannot denounce them, says the devil. Why? Because God has blessed them. Listen, the next verse, I love it so much. From the rocky peak, I see them. From the heights, I view them. Come on now. I see a people who live apart. And do not consider themselves what? One of the nations. Who are they, the people? They're born again. Are we not standing on the rock? Who is that rock? Say it loud. I can hear you. <laughs> what he said is that, devil, between you and devil, there is a distance that the devil cannot pass through. Standing on the rock, he cannot reach there. His own here cannot reach there. I love it. The next verse, quickly. Who can count the dust of Alfred Williams or number the fourth part? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody will be able to count your generations. They are hid in Christ in God. 
It says, let me die the death of the righteous. And may my end be like theirs. Before your enemy, Satan will read this one to them. Understand that Balaam is standing. Who is Balak is standing, expecting that he had paid this man to curse Israel. And he expects to hear curses. And he's hearing all this commendation. Your enemy will sing your praise. What gives Alfred Williams confidence? The word of God. <laughs> I was preaching one day in Lagos. They called the place Onola. It is a square where they play football. Hmm? So, as I was preaching, the God of Israel saw a saint of God, but he's an arm robber. You know, in Nigeria, when you say arm robber, both police and man is whoever can beat one another that will run fast. Because the police will say that our ammunition is not enough to, to face them. And the ordinary man will say that, uh, oh boy, we don't have gun. And this man came to rob. The man said, two weeks ago, he was a gang of six. They went to rob and they shot five dead. The police remaining him, he escaped. So he said for few days, he was so terrified of death. Two weeks after, he woke up and the spirit told him that, you stay here, you will just die of hunger. You will die of hunger. To so just go and steal a car that is motionless, that is a car just been parked. Just steal it. You will leave. So he decided to come. And the devil led him to uh, uh, Evans Square. It's not on Evans Square. Led him to where I was doing crusade. And so, when I, you know, in, in Nigeria, Nigeria is a free country. You can put microphone outside and say what you like. There is no law. <laughs> the only law is fundamental human rights. The right of man is respected and one right does not over, you know, erode the other right. It's a free country. I love that country, my God. You know, here in England, we have to go to um, High Spark Corner to be free. In high park corner, you can't say anything. No, so. But in Nigeria, your high park corner is everywhere. Put your microphone outside. You can say what you want to say. It's your business. And those who want to hear you, they will gather around you. It doesn't, there is no, there is no thought in that. Now listen to me, therefore. The microphone, the speaker was blowing everybody in the area to hear the gospel. And suddenly the Holy Spirit said, You that arm robber, I arrest you in the name of Jesus. And the man froze where he was. With gun in his hand, he had put his hand in the car with the master key to open the car. And then I continued to preach. I who spoke, continued to preach. Because I was preaching like this. Like I spoke concerning somebody who has this, that is worrying them in their brain right now. Which will have a result that it is gone when you go back to the hospital. The man froze, had the gospel. When I finished preaching, I said, if you want to give your life to Jesus, come. Many people ran out and stood. That was the place where God healed the man with the withered hand you see on your tracks. 
and also the boy who had the, the polio leg, the leg grew and expanded. And people were standing in the altar crying. And before at their back, somebody pushed another person with gun. He looked, what is the matter with you? When he saw gun, he said, hey, gun, gun, gun. They cleared the road for him straight away. And the angels were pushing him like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they came and called Pastor Nojo. Say, I'm robber. In the crusade. When he got there, he said, oh God, put your gun down. I cannot put it down. God will arrest your enemies. He said, I cannot put it down. Say, what are you doing here? I'm an armed robber. If you're an armed robber, what do you want? I want to accept Jesus. <laughs> hey, we led him to Christ. The stories you read in the Bible is reflection of your life. When the Balak employed Mr. Balaam to put a curse on God's people, Mr. Balaam announced a principle. How is it possible for me to bypass the God who created heaven and earth and enter his family and curse his son? If you, Balak, want to die, I don't want to die. Let me die the death of God's sons. You touch them, their father does not sleep nor slumber. He does not need to stretch his hand to catch a man. Or demon. So he told Balak, who said, curse Israel for me. Do you know something? If you don't like these people, there is a death that they will die. You can die, you. If you die, you go to hell. But these people, when they die, they will go to their father. I cannot touch them. I cannot touch them. I cannot touch them. If anybody said their hand, you will meet your God with you. Why should you be afraid? What about all these stories in the church? Breaking of curses. Generational curses. The Lord told me that they are lies from the pit of hell. Liars, painting liars, gathering liars, light and sly, over lie, exponential lie, is equal to lie. Someone says that, but what about people who have some behavior? The fact is, are you a child of God? You are either a child or not a child. If your salvation is not genuine, you better cry to God and be saved. Because those who are born again, this scripture applies. I revoke every curse, but knowingly and unknowingly, I don't know where they got that nonsense from. If you repent for sins that you know, which one is unknowingly? I repent of the sins of my father, sins of my forefather... (laughs) In New Testament, you don't. You, 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 the Bible says that the soul that sinned, it shall die. It says the son shall not share in the penalty of the father. Ezekiel 18. Listen to me, light of the world. You cannot be cursed. I say you cannot be cursed. If anyone is here for the first time and you struggle with my understanding, just believe it because the Bible says so. <laughs> Hallelujah forevermore. <laughs> Lord, how many I have more? I have one more. We'll continue on the 1st of July in a month's time. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, what I'm saying to you is this. Whatever did not happen to God cannot happen to you. Whatever did not happen to God cannot happen to you. Whatever did not happen to God cannot happen to you. Anybody who cannot overpower God cannot overpower you. Anybody who cannot overthrow God cannot overthrow you. Why? Because it must enter for the house of God. You are members of the household of God. Are we together? Somebody say amen. Someone say, what are you talking? What I'm saying is this. Let God be true. Give God chance. Don't give your knowledge chance anymore. Any knowledge that is contrary to what the Bible has said, garbage it from today. Don't you understand? I wake God. I wake up God. I sleep God. I drink God. I eat God. I move in God. I walk in God. I clothe God. Open means or two. Who would you find? Jesus inside me. Not anointing. I'm talking about the word of God. I'm talking about the word of God. Let me give you one more. Two, really. Look at Exodus chapter 23. Verse 19 says what? Let's go from verse 20. Listen to me, every one of you in this house, God is sending the angel ahead of you into July. The angel of God that he has assigned to lead his people, he will lead you all your journey through. You will hear his voice, you will listen to his instruction, you will follow his command, you will not rebel against him, for the name of the Lord is upon him. He will take you to destiny, he will drive out the Hittite before you. Those who occupy your destiny, he will take them out from before you. You will enter into your prophetic destiny. This is the time of the giants of God arising upon the earth. Though physically they may be insignificant. But they are simple men of faith. Who cannot be lied to any longer by the devil. The devil had had enough show in the church. He says... The job of that angel is to guide you along the way and bring you to the place God has prepared. There is always a prepared place for you. And it is the angel of the Lord that takes you there. Look at verse 23 of that. Look at verse 25. What do you say? I want to read the word of God loud. Uh Uh-huh. Stop. Whatever is your food today, whatsoever is in your hand, whatsoever is your water that you drink, something that you call a career, I invoke the blessings of heaven upon it. The works of your hand shall be blessed. The fruit of your body shall be blessed. Because the word, God, the word of God says so. It says, Condition, worship the Lord your God. Why are you here today? To worship. You are qualified because you came here to worship God. You didn't come here today for anything than to worship God. And it says, worship the Lord your God and, which is, the previous condition fulfilled, this must take place. I say that in this new month of July you are going into, Because you worship the Lord, the God of heavens and earth, 
the blessing of heaven will come upon your food and your water. Look at the next one. I will take away sickness from among you. God is speaking. I will take away sickness from among you. This is what God says. I will take away sickness from among you. There is no sickness for old age. It may happen to people in the world. He has no jurisdiction over the church. The first son of God lived 900 something years. He was sexually active and productive till now. He didn't have arthritis. He didn't have high blood pressure. He did not have diabetes. Such things shall not come near you. If they are in your body, I curse them to die in the name of Jesus Christ. They have no power. They have no jurisdiction. It is, your body is not meant for sickness. God promised, I will take the sickness from you. It can happen outside. It shouldn't happen inside. We have condoned nonsense for too long in the church of God. Devil threatening, and we soon accept it. And then we are defeated. We say no to the devil. So if you have sickness in your body, what do you say? Father, take your sickness. He said, I will take it, isn't it? Give it to him. Do not sit. Tell your body daily. You shall not be sick. Yesterday, God took it out. Wake up the next day and speak to your body. God said, I will take sickness from among you. Not from the world. All those biology is correct for the people of the world. When you get to one age, your eyes will grow dim. When you get to one age, you may be having uh, symptoms of uh, um, uh, high blood pressure or hypertension or uh, diabetes because you ate too much sugar, your kidney function. The kidney of Jesus did not die until Jesus died. Are we together? Bible says God's promise, I will not allow the sickness of Egyptians to come upon you. Because I am the Lord that he let thee. But look, church, we have had the sickness of Egyptian manifesting in the church for years now. The time has come for us to kick it out. You don't hear what I'm saying? We, it has affected us in church because we allowed it. We accepted it. Now we say no. Anything that cannot happen to God should not happen to you. Period. If you are sick, tell God. You said, I will take away sickness. Take it, Lord! And move on. Move on. The Bible says Moses was 120 years. His eyes did not grow dim. I will together now. The same God that they serve is the one we serve in. The difference is that they have total faith. Many of us are struggling with all these signs we have known. Our knowledge has become impediments to our strength. And that knowledge is not given to us to kill us. It's just for us to know that this is what happened in the world. But to you, it is a different ball game. Are we together now? Let me give you one more scriptures. Well, let me finish that one. The next verse, 26, I love it. None of you will what? None of you will what? None of you will what? And none shall be 
None shall be. And then I will what? Give you full life span. Three promises there. No miscarriage, no barrenness, no infant death. No miscarriage, no barrenness, no untimely death. Are you agreeing with me as you are talking this word? No miscarriage. Say no miscarriage. No barrenness. No untimely death. No, I don't like how you say it. Say it from your spirit. No miscarriage. No barrenness. No untimely death. And because you say so, whatever assignment of death that may be hanging over anyone here, I cancel in the name of Jesus Christ. By the word of God, you will plant your vineyard and you shall eat it. You will build your house and you shall live in it. Never shall you build a house and another will live in it in anymore. Never shall you suffer and labor and somebody else will take the harvest of your labor. As the life of a tree, so shall your life be. You will long enjoy the works of your labor. It is the word of God I'm quoting to you. You better say amen. amen. You will grow to the time of departure when your time of departure shall come. It shall not come accidentally. It shall not come without your knowledge. You will die the death of the righteous. You will see the angels of God that will take you home. You will announce your departure unto those you know. Your family will know that time has come for you to go. That is how the righteous must die. You will never die young. There will be no infant death among you. No untimely death among you. Any longer, you will live your full lifespan. Anything the Bible does not say, we say no to it. Listen to me. God spoke. Man must believe it. I had said that I thought some few weeks ago. I was in my garden, in my laundry room. I was looking at my garden and tears were rolling down my eyes. Tears were rolling down my eyes. You know what made me cry? I remember some people who just died suddenly among us. And I said to God, why should you allow that? Something is hidden that we know not of. Listen to me. When a plague begins, doctors don't understand it. But it has incubated among the people for a while before it breaks out. When our life is not going in line with the written word, then we need to reverse him. And you know what the Lord told me? Take them to the word. Take them to the word. Faith can extinguish the greatest conflagration. Faith comes by the word. Faith arises from the word. When faith arises from the word, declaration made shall remain and shall be. And I said to the Lord, I had enough of that. If the Bible says we should live long, we must live long. If the Bible says we will not be sick, we must not be sick. We are successful. But what is success with ill health? It is better to be unsuccessful and have good health. It will never happen again. You will not miscarry. You will not be barren. If anybody 
was said to be barren before this hour. I stand in Christ in God and I reverse that. You are not barren. God cannot lie. God cannot create a barren woman. You may be, you may be born without womb. That doesn't make you barren. You may be said to have low span counts. It doesn't make you barren. Among you, Pastor Desire is going to Germany now. The next wedding we are doing in October is the wedding of a, a sister here whose mother joined this place. And she came to my service about 20, 28 years ago, I suppose. And when she came in, at the door, God located her. and said, you that woman, come to the altar. Never met her before. And the Lord said to me, you are a barren woman. She said, yes. A woman just coming to church for the first time who doesn't know what church is. How things, you know, God moves like that. You know it's embarrassing or it's confusing? She said, yes. I said, hear the voice of the Lord. You are not barren. I said, the Lord told me you will be mother of children. I lay hands on her, led her to Christ, prayed over her. And the power of God came over her. I sat her down with the husband later and said, tell me what's your story. Oh, she said, my mother died when I was a baby. And my father married another woman who became my stepmother. And she said, among all the children, my father loved me so much because, you know, his first love was the mother. And she was successful. She was educated. The children of the other woman were playing about, messing about, and we would. So when she was going to be married to her husband, Pastor Adisa, in the marriage ceremony, in Africa, they would tell every mother and every father to bless their daughter as she's leaving to another man's house. And the father of Mrs. Adisa told the the Stepmother, bless your daughter now. All of us have been blessing her. And she said, I will say this in Yoruba, and I will not interpret it. She said, I should bless her. She said, yes, I will. What she said is that, this place you are going to be married, anytime you stool, you will only pull. What that interprets is that you will never have a child. You know, women, when they, when they want to have a child, they, they still they give back the, the baby. When they go in labor, they give back birth. She told her, you will, your own will be a story. You will never have, you won't smell childbearing. And everybody said, Ha! Revoke it! She got up. And she spoke an occultic language. She said, I have spoken it. And she walked away from the meeting. That was the send-off of Dickiness Adisa to married life. From that month, she stopped menstruating. Her ovary shrank. All her feminine hormones vanished. Her breasts, she was very bulky. Her breasts began to reduce until no more breasts. She had hips. Her hips vanished and she became like a man. 
in the physique. She does not menstruate till today, of course. But there's a song that says, what that song says that when man fall, fell, God Himself in God became a mortal man to expiate for the falling of mortal man. Whatever you are, God reduces Himself to your condition so that He can take out of the condition. It was the woman went from Habalis to Habalis in Nigeria. She went from Breaking of curses to breaking of curses. She went to deliverance. They almost broke her neck. She went all over and they were charging her. They were charging her. They were charging her. She, if she tells you fully her testimony, you will pity her until the fullness of day come and God brought her to this house. And I told her after telling me the story, if it is mouth that person used to speak, I have spoken. The word I speak over your life shall manifest in you. The priests of Satan, are, they have mandate to do evil. We, that the Lord himself called, more than that, but revealed himself to, unto who has the arm of the living one be revealed. Who have tasted the glory of heaven to come. Who has seen the glory of the sun face to face. I tell you, if you were barren, today is the end of your barrenness. Her physique was still like that. When she conceived, the woman now were, were wedding in October. The doctors in England did everything. They failed. The best professor, Gaini, in UK was treating her. When she conceived, they had to give her a special room. They said it is medically impossible. They said it cannot be. So they began to study by biology, by medical science. How could this be? Okay? The first experiment of God, they could not decipher. All medical knowledge, expertise failed. Then they said, this is nothing but a miracle. Your matter will end up a miracle. The doctor said, the gynae said, now that she has had the first child, you know what happened? She continued to bleed. And she bled. She had blood, okay, for another 10 days or whatever. And the bleeding stopped. And she never had menstruation again. The Lord said to us, whenever they are ready for, for a child, they should just come We go to the altar. That was prophetic instruction. Tell him, when about a year and a half, she says she wants another child. I said, go call your husband. We called the husband. And I said to the husband, who is my pastor now? I said, now, your wife said you are ready for another child. Are you in agreement? He said, yes, sir. I said, let's go to the altar. We nailed down the altar. I said, you God, who dwells in us and whose authority is upon this altar, they have said they want another child. They do not, the woman does not menstruate. But now the breasts are shut up. Now the, the hips is not growing. Okay? 
Father, as you have promised, that month she conceived. She gave birth to another child, a girl. The first girl now came out with first class in her economics. She is now working with, uh, who knows, she was in Ascension, she moved somewhere else. Don't worry about that one. Now listen to me. The second child now will graduate in LLB, law. I think a year more for her. She's finished. Where is Sister, Sister Deborah? Where is Sister Deborah? Stand up, Sister Deborah. You finished? So both of us graduated together. Hallelujah, professional colleague. Where is Sister Sarah? Is Sister Sarah here? Oh, look at the senior sister there. That is the senior sister. Where is Apostle? The boy. Where is Apostle? Look at the man. Take your seat. Their dad has gone now to Germany as a missionary for today. He was with us yesterday. He goes there every time to pastor the church, Germany church. They now told me they are ready after the, the sister Deborah. He went to the altar again and said, Father, this is our decision. That month they conceived this boy. And the Lord said, the next one is the boy I have promised you. They conceived this guy. And God told me so many things about him. How in his young age, he will lead in every class he is. He is now the senior prefect in his school. White and black are there. And Asians. You know why we tell say testimony? I am telling you that your mouth will paint your tomorrow. Declare a thing God says and it shall be established. I don't want any one of you to, to patch your life anymore. I don't want you to manage your life anymore. In heaven, they don't manage. God has life abundantly. He has blessings abundantly. He has health abundantly. Whatever has happened to your past should not determine your tomorrow. Before I pray with you. Do you know something you must do with me? God told me, and I told you, July, he will visit us. But God has gone ahead. Because this week we had a shaking. I love it. Ah. What eyes have not seen? What ears have not heard? What has not entered into any mind? God has prepared for who? For those who love him. Who are called according to his what? Purpose. Light of the world. Now admonition to you. Matthew 5.14 To you, light of the world. Shall we read it again together? You are? Let me say this to you. I told them in New Cross just uh, about an hour or two ago. Christ the tabernacle 
is a great church. This is the only church I see where people from various culture, various nationality are bonded like one family. This is the only church I see that their archbishop will celebrate with you from morning to night. Listen to me. Any one of you having wedding, I come there. Even all my young people having birthday, they turn 25. Did I not go? They turn 30. Do I not go? I will be there because that is how Jesus will do. Listen to me. I have seen sons and daughters grow in this house. I have preached the word of God to them, what God can make of them. But I have seen them now taking over Great Britain. Successful. In careers. My 10 years will be great. If the Lord tarries. Now, the next thing is power. Power. As you have followed my example in careers of life, I taught you in this church, man and woman, you must do everything necessary that when you seek with your contemporaries, you are not you are not a second class. Because of you, I continue to go back to university. I don't need all those degrees. But for you, I need it. And it has achieved my intention because it mobilized many of you to move on to. Now, what I want to take you into now, power. As God has used me to heal the sick, He will use you to heal the sick. As God has used me to raise the dead, He will use you to raise the dead. As God has used me to prophesy to nations, authorities of nations, to tell what will happen in the decisions of nations, and they have happened, prophets will rise up among you that will be relevant in this generation, a voice piece of God to the nations. From New Cross, the seed was planted. God has raised me to the position where president of nations are calling for me. Some coming in the secret. Asking what is God saying. That they may be instructed. You will stand in a position now where nations will be coming to you. Whatever area of field that you are, God will take you to the authority of those fields. Time has come for power. As you sought academics and you are successful in academics, as you have been bonded together as family, that Satan is envying you. We are the envy of nations. Christ the tabernacle. And we have not changed. And we cannot change. And the devil is angry because he cannot do what he has done in many churches here. The time has come for you to come up to the top of the mountain so that you also can operate in the power of Moses. Both young and old of you, 
It says you are the light of the world. That's what you are. A city. That is what you are. You are a city. Hello somebody. Not only that you are a city. I'm talking about each one of you is a city. And it says, you are built on the hill. Therefore, you cannot be hidden. Christ's faith tabernacle, your time to be revealed has come, says the Lord. We will be revealed in the continent of Africa. We will be revealed in the continent of Europe. We will be revealed in America, in Australasia. Asia will submit to the rulership of Jesus Christ for you. Wake up! Especially those of you who are on the fence. Men gathered last Saturday. Where were you? Wake up! The next person sitting beside you, you don't know who he is. Yet in this house, there is no professional you don't have here. There is no level of operation in this country you don't have people placed there sitting down with you, male and female. When when we call a meeting, what brings success? The greatest potential that drives people to higher level is association, what they call networking. Somebody that you relate with, who knows your condition and your position, and who also is well-placed, will talk of you among his colleagues, and they will take you from where you are before you know it. But when they gather, if you don't gather, why should you struggle why should you beg for bread in the house of bread? Why should you struggle in the midst of comfort? You are surrounded by clouds of weaknesses. Take your stand from today. Are we together now? I wouldn't want to see you miss any meeting. Both male and female. It is time to serve God. He says you are a city on a hill. Cannot be hidden. Read the next two or three verses. Shall we read together? Neither do people light a lamp. Let me have the choir up, please. It says, in the same way, let your light what? Shine. Somebody say shine. shine. Somebody say shine. shine. Why? That they may see, men may see your good deeds and praise who? And praise who? Now let me say something to you. I need people here who will do a help for me. Before we sing this song and we, we close. No, we close. We hear what man wants to say. Let me say this to you. I need some of you who are qualified to represent me in the local government in this area. I was approached by the police that they needed somebody to represent us in a commission that they have set up in this area. I need some among you who can represent me in the affairs of that is related to the parliament. I need someone who I can send to represent us 
in our affairs that is related with the house of lords. I need someone who can represent us in the governing operations of London. All these things come to me and where they need apostles to come here, come here, come here, come here. But I have too much in my hands. And they have told me, if you cannot come, why don't you send a representative? That scripture says to you men, let your light shine before men. We are in Woolwich, but Woolwich has not known we are here. I need some of you to help execute the social projects that we set up here. I have said to you, doctors, we can have a surgery here. Go and investigate how that should be. If you're all doctors, meet together, rub your mind together, and just come. We have space to give you. I've told those of you in law, they're having problems with um, legal aid. Why can't you come together and then do pro bono? I'm part of you now. I also will commit my service in the area of family law and property. And all others who are in criminal law or who are in other things that mean law, we can come together and do something better for the community. Listen to me. I want this church, before the end of July, people to pray, hear God, come to me with projects. Something we can do in this building. This building is not meant for it to be coming every Sunday. It is meant to bring the people here. So that people's life can be transformed here through your knowledge. You have read, 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 nine up. Serve with your knowledge. I need someone to do that. If you know that you are able, either male or female, you are, you know, connected in those things or you are able to go and represent. Those of you in this house who are members of police force, I've told you, the black, uh, 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 black um, police association, they pleaded with me, I should send one of you to come and represent there. Black police association, they are the ones who will fight for you if they torture you in this country. And we have you police officers here. None of you have done anything about it. I want us to take our light now to men. We have been shining in church. Okay? But you are light. I am light. So with that we can't understand. We, can't, we cannot see the difference. But when you go into the darkness, then your light will be seen. Are we together? Do you agree with me? So therefore, let's stand upon our feet. I want us to sing this song together. When I was a Baptist pastor,